0: Hello and welcome to Groove Therapy, a podcast that explores the effects of live music on our brains, bodies, and our lives and provides a space for you, our listener, to learn more about how you can bring the magic of live music into your everyday life. My name is Dr. Leah Taylor and I am joined here with my fabulous co-host Tara Lee Weathers. Hi Tara Lee. Hello,
1: hi, that's me coming at you in a Leopard print robe in snowy Burlington, Vermont.
0: (laughs) I love the imagery here.
1: (laughs) And in my outfit that I wore yesterday that I also slept in (laughs) under my robe. You you guys are getting
0: so much info about Tara Lee today. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) I want you to get to know the real me.
0: (laughs) Give it all to us.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, Well, before we get to all of that, which actually this episode isn't about me at all, (laughs) and it's about the Mockingbird Foundation, which is so amazing. And we have Leora and Drew who are board members of it. um, And we'll tell you all about that. But first, let's take a moment to really get present so you can dive fully into this episode and get everything that you've ever wanted out of it. (laughs) So if it's available to you, and you're not driving or um, riding a horse or (laughs) doing something where this would be dangerous to do, place your hands on your heart and close your eyes. And just connect with all of the other Rue Therapy podcast listeners out there. We're all in this thing together. And take a deep breath in and exhale out. And a deep breath in through your nose and exhale out and a deep breath in and an exhale out and may our time together be full of magic and amazingness and so it is
0: and so it is yes
1: well so do you want to know more about me or more about the Mockingbird (laughs) Foundation? (laughs)
0: I think, you, I think you've shared enough about you today. How <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> about we talk about the Mockingbird Foundation?
1: <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so the mission of the Mockingbird Foundation, they are a nonprofit organization dedicated to improving access to music education for America's youth. Each year, the foundation awards grants to dozens of music education programs and funds those grants through a combination of fundraising, publishing, and the curation of Fish.net one of the earliest internet fan communities.
0: Yes. Yeah. And here with us today, we have Leora Sponko and Andrew Hitz, otherwise known as Drew. And they're both board members. Drew has been on the board for like a decade now. And Leora is a new member, which you'll hear all about that in the episode.
1: Yeah. And the Mockingbird Foundation is like So important and world changing. And you'll find out all about that because, like, I mean, you all know the power of music and they are like actually putting instruments in the hands of people and children so they can start playing music and it's like impacting their life like crazy. So you will learn all about that and more of what they do. It's just so interesting.
0: Yeah, that was really great. You know, I mean, as a fish fan, I've definitely heard of the Mockingbird Foundation so many times and seen them out on tour, but I, I didn't really know, you know, the like full spectrum of the impact that they're having and all of the things that they do. So this was a really educational and interesting interview for me to have just to learn more about that.
1: Yeah. And, and they're amazing. It's a really good place to like put your money because, um, something I didn't know either is that there's nobody that works for them that is paid and on salaries. So mm-hmm. they they do have some costs, but like for the most part, all of the money that you donate to Mockingbird Foundation goes to the cause, which I think is like pretty unique in the world of charities.
0: Absolutely. And
1: so I think that's like so amazing. Everyone's just volunteering their time because they're so passionate about it.
0: Yeah. And that's something that's really important to me that I'm looking at when I am giving my money, like where is this money actually going? And so to know that the majority of the money is out going to the cause. That's really important for me yeah. as a donator.
1: Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, Tara Lee,
0: did you, I'm just curious, did you ever have an experience of learning music in schools? Like, did you have early music education experience?
1: I did when I was in... I think we started in third grade, we played the recorder. (laughs) (laughs) And I freaking rocked hot cross buns (laughs) with the best of them. And then um, from there, I moved on and I played the flute for a while. Um, And then I played the xylophone for a little bit as Mm -hmm. well. And I definitely was not the greatest, but I learned a lot of things from being able to do that. And, And I feel so like, I'm so lucky that I grew up in in a privileged way where it was like there was no question of like that I couldn't do it. It was like, do you want to? Mm-hmm. It was just presented. And Drew talks about that in here, that not everybody has that privilege. And so they wanna they're doing their work so everyone can. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah, I did. My flute fell off the stage once during a performance and then I played air flute the rest of the time (laughs) because I was like, the show must go on. Like, I don't know what else to do. (laughs) And I I learned a lot from that experience, even though I was like playing the air flute. I learned a lot from that moment of like, okay, your flute fell off the stage. So what are you going to do now? Like, are you going to get up and cry? Are you going to like, what are you going to do? I was like, Uh, I'm just going to pretend that I'm playing. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) um what about you (laughs) yeah so I
0: in fourth grade I started playing the violin um I think it was fourth grade I think it was only one year because I'm I actually moved from Greenville North Carolina to Highlands North Carolina which is a really small town in the mountains uh in fifth grade so when I was in Greenville I had the opportunity of Learning the violin and practicing the violin and um and having access to that. But when I moved to Highlands, which was a resort town, it's very affluent for the people who come to visit, but the people who actually, at least when I was living there, um, you know, the people who are actually keeping the town running, it was like a small mountain community with people who didn't really have we didn't have a lot of resources. Um, and so, similar to what drew was talking about in this episode, like there wasn't the opportunity for me to have music in the schools. Once I moved to Highlands, like we did, we had a music class and we, we played the recorder, but besides doing that and doing some singing, and I'm super grateful for that experience because I was doing theater at the time and I loved singing and dancing and things like that. Um, But I, I never had the opportunity to really learn an instrument and I don't know whether I could I would have kept going with the violin if I had had the opportunity but I didn't have that opportunity. So who knows what may have happened. So I think that it's so important and Drew talks about how like they really put an emphasis especially with their tour grants and finding these underserved communities that may be on top of a mountain, and nobody's really paying much attention to them. And,
1: yeah. you know. Yeah, they're not it's not necessarily going to schools like mine where they had all the funding to be able to do all the things that they want. They're going to the schools that that don't have the funding and are, like you said, are underserved in these tiny mountain towns or wherever mm-hmm. it is, like he said. They look at how many people are getting free lunches and um, use that as a barometer of a good place to give grants to. And a lot of times, it's not a like huge amount of money that these schools are receiving, and it's making the biggest impact because mm-hmm. even just thinking how they talk about like your instrument needs to be fixed or whatever it is, like they're able to do that with the money that. Fans are donating on tour and also a lot of the live streams will benefit the Mockingbird Foundation as as well. So when you're watching those live streams, it's like you're helping to put instruments in people's hands that don't have access to have instruments in their hands. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And things like fan art and and things like that that are not necessarily like Mockingbird Foundation run events, but they are receiving benefit from it because they're such an amazing organization. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's hear from Drew and Leora and get to the interview. All
1: right. We are part of the Osiris Podcast Network, and we will be right back. Welcome back, everyone. We are here now with Leora and Drew. They're from the Mockingbird Foundation. Hey. Hey.
2: What's going on?
1: So... Tell everyone about the Mockingbird Foundation for those who haven't heard of it before. Go ahead, Liora. Okay, hey, the Mockingbird Foundation is a nonprofit
3: foundation uh, made up of fish fans, volunteer board members that we raise money to provide music education to schools across the country. So we were founded 25 years ago, the um, same folks that founded fish.net. So it's a fantastic community of folks. We've funded Thousands of kids um, in band programs and nonprofit music programs, K through 12, to make sure that young people have access to music. So it's been um, really great. And I actually just joined the board. I had my first board meeting last week and just getting connected with folks It's just such an inspiring group of people because we all share that connection for love of music, love of fish, and also want to contribute back out. So I've really enjoyed my time so far, but Drew's been on the board much longer than I have.
2: Yeah. It's been just enough years that I'm not sure how many years, like maybe 11 (laughs) or 12 or 10 or somewhere in there. But, uh, yeah, Leora got a lot out of her first meeting because she just described it perfectly. (laughs) So there you go.
1: Yay. Um, Liara, what made you decide to want to join this board? Well,
3: I love music, of course. I've you know been a fish for over twenty years. Um, I love philanthropy. I actually work for this um, state of Oregon's Arts Commission, where we give out grants to artists and arts organizations. So that's near and dear to my heart. Um, and so I remember actually this past summer, um, I was at the Gorge, and it was the first time I went to the gorge by myself, which was actually really fun. And of course, when you go to shows and festivals by yourself, you get to meet so many people. So, um, and and I'm also a rail rider. So I wait in lines a lot and I was waiting and meeting people in lines and, um, you know, talking to a new friend and was kind of like sharing, you know, my passion. Like one of my, like I told him that one of my visions is to help fish give out music for music education programs. And I really appreciate all the foundations that fish has, including the water wheel foundation, et cetera. But I really wanted to focus more on music because that's my personal passion. I love live music, love dancing and wanted to contribute into that way. And he said, well, you know, there's a foundation that already does that. And he said, there's the mockingbird foundation. So right when I got back home from the gorge, I, I looked it up and um saw what an amazing group of people were a part of it. And so I literally just emailed them and said, Hey, i I want to do exactly what you're doing. Can I join your board? And um, you know, a couple of months later, I had after some conversations, they they voted me in. So it just felt like just a nice manifestation of something that I was hoping to to um create in my life. And, you know, I've been in nonprofit organizations since I was 18, you know, since I was in college, um, at UC Santa Barbara, I was working in, in, nonprofits, um, my whole career. And so I really love how people rally around a common mission, a common vision for a nonprofit and work together to get that done. So, um, you know, and I've been on boards before, but I've never been on a, like a national board. So it's just really exciting for me to, to be of service, but in a new way, you know, for the entire country and with other fish fans where we share like similar, you know, heart and ideology.
2: And I will jump in if I can that uh, we get a lot of emails from people, you know, asking how they can contribute and um and it was uh, you know, it wasn't just hey, can we can I be on the board and we're like, yeah, sure, why not. You seem you seem friendly enough uh that we, you know, looked and I'm I'm even on the nominating committee, so we we got her email and then looked into her and then saw her experience was like, oh, and then that aligned with some of what our needs are currently on the board. And then a couple of uh, different people on the board uh, had conversations with her and both were like, this is a no brainer. And so so that's how she was fast tracked on, because we usually have like a yearly election process. And, um, you know, she still had to go through the election, but it was like a, a special Leora election. <laughs> I was so. going
0: to say she sounds very special. <laughs> leora' is yeah. very special. And I was also <laughs> wondering about how that process is, because I would imagine that it's pretty um like strenuous you know you have to make sure that it's the right people and i would imagine there are plenty of people that are like oh yeah that sounds fun i want to do that
2: yeah it's a it's um culture is so important i mean culture between two podcast hosts between a board of directors for a nonprofit, uh, for uh for a, a rock band for uh, you know so it's not just yes this person fits our needs uh right now um it's more of a the uh, the analogy i always use is like you want to get the right people on the bus and then if it's the right person on the bus that's when you worry about what seat they're mm-hmm. in and that doesn't mean that what what seats you need filled doesn't inform who you maybe look at putting on the bus in the first place but if we, uh, you know, I was going to say hired, that's not quite the right word. But, you know, if we brought Leora onto the board for a specific thing and then we, you know, course correct a little bit over time, which we do, then she might justifiably be like, wait, I signed up for this thing rather than, as she just described, uh, you know, she got on the bus because, the, you know, it seems like a good bus. <laughs> and so then then we're all there and we figure out where, you know, what we need to get done and then how to do it. So, So, yeah, there is quite a few hoops that uh, that you have to jump through so that we can make sure that we're moving things forward, addressing our own weaknesses and just maintaining, uh, you know, a a positive and supportive culture. Because we're we're kind of unique uh, in not unique, but we're we're different than a lot of nonprofits in that we do not have um, we don't have an office. We don't have any paid staff. We do pay some uh, freelancers to do a little bit of work for us, but we do not have. Uh, Anyone who is drawing a salary of even $1 from Mocky Bread Foundation to do things. So um, our executive director, um, Ellis Goddard, is a uh, is a tenured professor um, in uh, of economics in uh, in California, sociology, uh, music. I don't know. I've only been friends with him for like 25 (laughs) years and I don't actually know what he teaches. But, um, you know, for example, uh, you know, our our, you know, so everybody on the board has an incredibly busy and, you know, uh, with life outside of the board. And so we and as Leora said, we're we're national. We don't we've never had an in-person board meeting in the history of the organization because we're spread across um, at this point, all four. Um you know, all four time zones in the united states so um but we we get a lot done, so we you know there's kind of like massive sprints, and then it kind of chills out but um but yeah, but getting people like leora who have uh so much experience and skill set and care so much is uh is what has kept us moving forward for so long
0: and drew what what drew you to becoming a board member
2: well i was um I was approached. Um, Charlie Dirksen is one of the, uh, the members of the, of the board. Um, and he's been there since the beginning. There's only a a few people that have been there since the very beginning. Which was like
0: 97, Um, you said 20.
2: Uh, 96. 96. Yep. Yep. We're, yep. We, um, our, our 25th anniversary celebration is kind of extended into the 26th year because the pandemic had some ideas for, yeah, like Mm -hmm. the, the schedule that we had very clearly laid out has been, uh, you know, we've had to remain flexible. Um, but um but charlie has been i've i've known like ellis and charlie and a few people on the board for a while and um i remember i got an email i was actually on tour with my uh with my musical group at the time in Columbia and got an email from him uh, about like wanting to talk about mockingbird because i remember like i was like in the lobby of a hotel cuz i got very excited and um and then you know reached out to him when i got back in the states and um and then they just said that they were Looking for, you know, someone that is, um, you know, a professional musician, you know, performer and teacher as kind of a, a voice on the board to be able to, you know, answer some questions about some of the grants and things like that. And um, and that, that he thought I'd be a good fit. And um, and so, yeah, so that was uh, maybe 2011. So maybe it's been 12 years. I don't know. Yeah. It's or no, that's that was tuba math right there. That would be eleven years. Anyway, <laughs> it's been a long time. So uh so they approached me and uh I'm very happy that they did because it's definitely one of the things I'm I'm uh most uh most honored to be a part of uh in my life just because it's uh it does uh it, it we get a heartbreaking number of um of grant uh, applications. Like heartbreaking number and um and like you know, choosing uh who gets the money and who doesn't is uh is very hard but um but it's uh it's it's pretty amazing the, the fish community not that it's only the fish community but largely the fish community is who uh donates to us and we also have no affiliation uh of any kind with the band however uh the band does donate um uh a, they just They just have done it every year for a long time now. Um, A portion of their live fish proceeds uh, to us every single year and have also Allowed us to have um, an event at uh, Madison Square Gardens usually on on the thirtieth, like beforehand. That's like a two hundred dollar ahead, and you know, there's like a, a poster that comes with that, and you know, so so they've been uh, incredibly supportive, even though we we intentionally have no, we don't even have will buy access to tickets. Like there's no there's there's no perks there at all. Um, but uh, but it's pretty incredible the support that the fish community has given us to be able to uh, We're this year we should uh, top uh, two million dollars in grants uh, given out in over 50 states or in over 50 states. There's only 50 uh, <laughs> in uh, over 500 grants uh, in uh, in all 50 states. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's it's wild to be, a, a, you know, a small part of it.
1: Yeah, I have a curiosity of what was like one of the most exciting music experiences you were able to to help somebody have.
2: Oh, that's a that's a very good question. Um so, you know, we because we help children, um you know, we don't necessarily get a lot of really specific like hey, this thing happened as the result um of this. Um but we do I can tell you that every single time, I'm not sure if uh, Leora's new enough that she might not have uh, gotten one of these yet. But every time that we get like, you know, that the board gets forwarded uh, an email, um, you know, from a, a band director or an orchestra director or a choir director or guitar class teacher or whatever, um, you know, talking about the impact that a, you know, that a grant has specifically had on their music program. It's like you pretty much float through the rest of the day um and uh you know they're like for example we will get we'll get grant requests like say from uh say a teacher who has some sort of a uh of a percussion class that maybe is like you know relating to some specific culture that like you know has nothing to do with where the this thing is taking place and it's just some period you know some uh, area of uh, of expertise and passion for the director and that they need to buy you know that that this thing needs like 20 different drums for uh, for all of the students to participate at once rather than taking turns and that the director has been using their own percussion you know like volunteering to let the kids use their own percussion equipment but the longer you use stuff like that they you know it starts to break down and so like then like you know broken drum gets taken out of circulation so then there's like three kids on a drum and it's like they're participating a third of the time and so emails like that where like i can i can double my you know participation um you know the the number of people that can be in this club um and this is a teacher who's like volunteering their time and their equipment and like, I mean, doing like the whole thing from scratch for absolutely no money whatsoever. And, the, uh, you know, and a, a lot of these are in areas with, you know, for where we, we, we end up, um, you know, uh, giving grants to a lot of schools that have incredibly high, um, you know, reduced and free lunch percentages and a high percentages of, uh, of minorities. And just like, just a lot of places that, um that don't have the experience that i had when i was a kid because i i played uh the tuba in the fourth grade they brought us into the band room and i they showed us how to play a sound on every instrument and um and i volunteered after he was done explaining when i stood up i was tall so he handed me a large instrument which happened to be the tuba i played um an awful really loud note and i thought it was the greatest thing ever and um and it just so happened that I lived in a town where the elementary school had a tuba for me to play in school. The that same elementary school had a tuba that I could take home because a tuba is too big to be bringing on the bus, and it's like kind of hard to recruit when it's like okay, now you need to drive your kid to school three times a week, and they can't, you know, like that's kind of a, a deal breaker. The school had a repair budget such that if the tuba broke, they could fix it. Um, there was a middle school that had tubas. There was a you know, et cetera, and just all of these things, which is I think the way it should be. But when I was nine. I didn't stop and think like, thank goodness. I live in a school where there are tubas. I just was like, I want to play that. And then there were adults who behind this, they just made that magic happen. And I just got to take home a tuba. And little did I know that I was going to you know, perform in almost 40 countries at this point, like around the world. Um, but the goal isn't for music education, isn't to turn you into a professional musician. It was just like, I got to express myself and so anytime that we get uh you know an email from um, you know a message from any kind of a music educator who got money from us you know letting us know that 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 the that their kids who aren't used to that kind of access got maybe just a little bit closer to the experience that I took for granted as a kid um you know is like really really heartwarming
1: mm-hmm. yeah I actually I just read something very recently that said that kids that come from extreme amount of wealth and have trust funds and don't ever have to think about money for their whole life are mostly become artists and musicians. And so it's like, if we didn't have to worry about all these things, that's what we would be doing. So I think it's so incredible that Mockingbird Foundation is doing this and providing that to the people that aren't wealthy and don't have trust funds or even can't afford lunch. You know, they're still able to like play the trombone and drums and all of these different things because you never know who's gonna be the next like Trey or Mike or, <laughs> or Fishman or Page. It's yeah. true. We um we we
3: also have an emergency grant program where we gave out grants for communities that, and students that were hard hit by the pandemic. So really making sure that they continued to have access to music. So we funded a lot of virtual programming and funded tribes and really different communities that really depended, you know, where young people really depended on music to continue to have that connection. I I think the pandemic has been really hard on young people, you know, providing a lot of isolation and, you know, lack of connection with their friends and sometimes like a lack of connection with yourself. Um, you know, having to, you know, just be at home a lot and then, you know, going back to school and masks, it's still like, it's so much harder to connect. So I think I'm really grateful that we're being really intentional about the communities where we give grants to make sure that underserved communities and communities that really, you know, where young people really lack that music education or need to strengthen their music programs, have access to that. So, so young people can, you know, feel connected to each other or can, you know, they get to, you know, p- do what they love to do, you know, cause there's so much research that shows that young people that have access to music or any arts programs are more engaged in school. You know, it's like, they're going to want to come to school more and they're going to, you know, want to be interested in other subject areas and want to learn. I mean, I know a lot of people like that, you know, and personally, you know, I have my own personal story of like how important um, you know, dance and musical theater was to me and how, you know, I can, that's how I made my friends in school. And that's what we, we would make up dances during lunchtime. And, you know, like we would stay after school and do musical theater. Like it just creates that sense of community. So um, yeah, it is really important to the foundation that we're really, you know, contributing to, to communities that, you know, don't typically have access to these programs
1: yeah, Leah, it reminds me of our um, one of our last episodes where we asked people the three part series, "What does live music mean to mm-hmm. you?" And everybody said, almost everybody was like, "I need it to survive." And they're like, "It's like food, water, it's like just as important to my survival as like any of that stuff. And so, like for these kids, like, I do believe that these music programs and the arts is important for their survival,
2: yeah. I heard an incredible quote uh, actually just uh, last night which is the music department is an alternate universe where pupils are often unrecognizable from who they are outside of it the shy become confident the agitated become calm the lonely become included the quiet become heard and the lost become found Mm -hmm. music reveals the real child
1: Whoa, I have like goosebumps all (laughs) over
2: powerful (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. And f-
0: it's so true. And for like, you know, elementary school kids, which is, you know, we've kind of been talking about, like, they may not even know that. You know, they're just like offered this opportunity. Like my son is playing trombone this year. He's in fourth grade or he's in fifth grade. I think he could have started in fourth grade, but because everything was extremely wonky last year and they weren't in school, um, he wasn't able to start playing an instrument, but this year he is, and it's been really cool to, to just watch him. Um, you know, he he also has an instrument that he can take home and he, he has to bring it back and forth. So he, he gets to walk his trombone, (laughs) at least home. I take him (laughs) to school on Fridays, which is when they practice. Um, but yeah, I just feel like so many kids like may not ever have the opportunity to pick up an instrument to like, see how it feels in their hands, to hear the, you know, the vibrations come out of it and to feel them through their body and like how amazing that is to just like open that doorway for them. And who knows yeah, where it's going to take them and what what kind of meaning it's going to hold in their life.
3: Exactly. Um, it's about almost half of our grants for um, support instruments, which is so important, you know, that young people have an instrument to practice. It's not just something that they do for an hour mm-hmm. and then, you know, they go home, they don't have it to have an instrument, like you said, to take home and to practice and to work with is so important. And, you know, I used to coordinate in my a previous job running a, an arts council. I used to coordinate arts education programs in schools um, where teaching artists would go in the classroom and, and provide young people with we did, you know, visual arts, but also music and dance and theater and all, all sorts of different types of arts education. I remember one story of this, um, you know, this boy, we, um, you know, he was the the youngest of four boys. And so I was talking to his mom and how, you know, he just struggled to stand out because his brothers were really good at sports and they really excelled. And so they got a lot of attention, but he was like really shy and just didn't, you know, have confidence, didn't find, have his thing, you know, he just didn't know what it was yet. He was an elementary school student and we had a a, a music program teaching guitar and the the teaching artist told me that once like right when he got that guitar in his hand, it's like, not only like, did he light up with excitement, but it just, it it just like came to him easier. And I know guitar could actually kind of be a challenging instrument to learn. I know I tried to learn it and it was really challenging for me but for him, it it came more naturally and he found his thing, you know, he found like what brings him joy, what he could be good at. And we actually showcased him at one of our fundraising events. And he was like picking and just going off. And he had literally just learned guitar that year. And, and he, he was sharing how like he was able to, you know, like he had something that made him special. Like now he could stand out, you know, like his brothers could do sports, but like he can rock it on the guitar. And it just brings that confidence, that sense of self It's like, look what I can do. Like, like being seen, being heard, you know, like what I, what I have to express matters. And I think that self-expression is, is so important because like, like a lot of young kids and even adults, like we go around life, like sometimes like feeling isolated or alone or not really seen or heard. And so when you find your thing and that you can be proud about it, it just contributes like to the rest of your life and anything that you're going to do in your future. Definitely. I want to mention also our our tour grant program. And then Drew, if you could share the most recent grant. Um, Yeah. We, we have this, um, what I love that we have a tour uh, grant program. So where we're fish tours, we give out grants to that local community to a music program, which is so important because it's, it's great. You know, we, we, we go on tour and, you know, as showgoers, we're, you know, hopefully giving back to that community, you know, by spending money on, you know, hotels and lodging and travel and, and food, et cetera. But sometimes there's unintended consequences of like just a lot of people in a small community or traffic or whatever. So it can have like plus and minuses of like the impact on a community. Um, So for us to give a tour grant, is just another way to say, Hey, we like, we value like being here <laughs> so thank you and we want to give back through a grant to your music program and um and then you know so drew works on that and we've given them we're giving a recent grant i'd love for you to share about
2: that yeah yeah let's just pretend that i thought to tell you about tour grants <laughs> since that's literally my department i'm like I'm the one who finds the,
1: safe with us <laughs> i'm the one who
2: finds the schools i'm the one who vets the like yeah anyway um the uh and there are other people involved in the process but that's like my name is the one <laughs> next to it where it needs to make it happen uh so um thank you Liora, for letting me lead on that by telling me to lead uh we <laughs> uh so we just actually um it hasn't been announced yet although it might be by the time this is released but um the where fish um you know moved their new year's eve uh show to uh, to Lidditz, Pennsylvania uh we found a, a high school uh, that, um, that is there, um, that has a, 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 thriving band program. And we were able to, it's, that's probably my favorite part of my job is, um, is to be able to, um, you know, to email band directors and say, oh, and orchestra and sometimes choir, but just, you know, or, or we did a, a guitar teacher, um, at a school, um, you know, in the fall, I think that was maybe the Tahoe shows. Um, Which we actually did Tahoe and Shoreline. We just did both because we weren't going to tell the Tahoe people like, you know, because of a natural disaster, they're not playing a show. So we don't have money for you. That didn't, (laughs) you know, that was never considered. Um, But, um, but so we, you know, I get to write to them and say, we've got a thousand dollars for you, which is, you know, it's unsolicited and just to, you know, spread a little bit of goodwill. Um, You know, for fish and for fish fans, because there there is a there is a community impact at times from, you know, if you've ever been pulling out of a especially summer shows out of the parking lot. And it it can look like a landfill just with people just dumping trash everywhere. And, um, you know, and regardless of how many there are, if there are any arrests of any kind at all, it makes the paper and it usually makes the local paper pretty prominently. Um, which I'm not, uh, I'm not arguing that is, or is not impactful locally, just that it, it, you know, it makes the radar, um, for sure. And, um, and it's cool to be able to provide, you know, give a thank you to the community, but, uh, but in the form of directly helping people who, uh, you know, who, who need it. That guitar class in particular was, um, was a a teacher who this school that was, um, that was near... I'm trying to think of uh, no. It, it was the Santa Barbara show, which I we you know i I always look for schools that are not like you know the whatever the high school in Santa Barbara is doesn't need a thousand dollars. Well, all schools need a thousand dollars, but it doesn't need it nearly as much as I went like up you know north like forty miles, and there was a school that was small enough that it didn't have a, uh, this was a high school that did not have any kind of a band program whatsoever, but I looked and there was a guitar class that was offered there. And, um, and it was taught by, uh, by a teacher who was, um, you know, at a school that size, it was, you know, he taught like math and science and guitar kind of a thing. And anyway, the office, uh, that was one where I called and I got on the phone with him right away, which just happened to work out. Like he happened to be in between classes. <laughs> And, um, and I explained to him that we, you know, that it had to be approved by the board, but that we uh, might have a thousand dollars for him. And he was like, he was like, whoa, he was like, that would make a huge difference to us. And he explained that he's, you know, that they have like six guitars, that there is zero budget, um, for repairing them. Um, which again, no matter how careful the teacher and the students are instruments need strings need replacing um you know uh, they're just it it happens no matter what and so he was like talking about how that was going to enable him to like double the number of guitars which he said that he would have no trouble like that that he could put those into kids hands right away and um and so yeah that that's pretty cool to be on the receiving end of or not the you know the the giving end of that phone call um but that's only because of the generosity of everyone who has donated to Mockingbird. We have people that donate $3 uh you know we have people that donate $3000. Uh some people that have donated once, some people who have monthly donations set up. Um I mean all all of it ends up uh, you know, going as much of it as we possibly can goes directly to getting more guitars for uh, I can't even remember the name of that town. I mean, I'd never heard of it before. I just chose a spot on Google Maps and then started digging and uh, and then found that guy. And then suddenly we were on the phone together. So, um, yeah, the tour grants are, are and we actually are um we're still in the process again it got elongated of doing 25 tour grants in uh you know last year to celebrate our 25th anniversary um and there's going to be a series we ended up with like with postponements and everything the new york one obviously didn't happen although Liddits did um that we've got i think that there are six left to get us to 25 and we are um i'm actually going to be hosting some uh some events uh, this spring uh winter spring that are like uh, deep listening events where i w- i'm gonna choose uh, some famous jams from 1996 and then uh via uh like a you know hop on a zoom webinar together and then like really dissect um exactly like what's happening in terms of individually and then collectively within the band and isolating clips and pointing out when things are getting passed you know musical things are getting passed around the ensemble and um and then play the whole thing together and so um those are going to be to to raise money for for mockingbird but we're going to choose uh i'm going to choose like some some big jams from 1996 to help us uh to to celebrate that 25th anniversary so but there will end up being a total of 25 um tour grants in um in 2021 and hopefully a bunch more in 2022 we will uh we'll see if the band plays, there will be. So that's why I'm saying if, if we see, I'm just trying to trying to remain optimistic, even though right now it's uh, it seems like it's getting a little darker again. But uh, hopefully we'll get through this.
1: Yeah. So if someone's listening and they want to donate to Mockingbird, how can they do that?
2: If you go to mbird.org, so m b i r d.org, and then uh, over on the right there is a big donate now um, button, and I, I just touched on it, but we'll take anything. But uh, but if if you're able to set up a five dollar a month or ten dollars a month or some amount where r- for all intents and purposes, you don't even notice that it's gone, then that just kind of can keep on, um, you know, keep on giving to us. Um, and if you are not able at this time, uh, to donate and you want to support us, um, even well, you could email us, maybe you'll be on the board like a week later, uh, if you're Leora, <laughs> um, but, uh, but you can also, uh, you know, just helping to spread the word. Um, I, you know, like you can, uh, there, there's a lot of ways that, uh, that people have helped us over the years and, um, you know, and our success, you, uh, giving us the platform today to be able to, uh, to talk about ourselves for, for this long. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, not everyone, most people don't have a platform like this to offer, but, um, but it all, it all adds up. I mean, it, it all, it all keeps things moving forward. And um, and thank you to everybody who has uh, helped, even if it feels like your contribution has been a small one. Uh, I promise you it's just as a bunch of small ones are just as good as somebody who has a lot of money, who gives us thousands of dollars. It's uh, it all goes to the same place. So thank you.
1: Yeah. And if you look around at a show and there's like 10,000 people there and everyone gave a dollar a month, that would make a huge difference.
2: <laughs> we should start going up to people at shows. Be like, unless you hate music or children, you need to give me a dollar right now.
1: Yes, I'll,
2: I'll email you a receipt.
1: <laughs> yes, I think that's a new strategy. <laughs> Put that in the I'm, plan.
2: I'm six foot four, so that won't be intimidating at all. Yeah. Because, you know, like.
0: <laughs> and in addition to like going online and and donating, which. Hopefully everybody who's listening will do that. I'm sure you have a dollar somewhere that you can, you can spare. Um, but you guys have some in-person events too. Like you mentioned the the thing that you do um, for the new year's run, usually on the 30th um, that people could get in on. I know also there's like a, a golf tournament that happens around Dick's weekend.
2: There is. Yes. Yep. That is um, yes. The, the, uh, it's called the runaway open um which uh, i believe that uh, the, the it was the sixth one last year um and that uh for i'm not a golfer but the people who are we've had a lot of repeat customers and it usually sells out um, and that's a very popular event uh there is um one of our board members uh david beckwith is a uh is a sommelier for uh professionally and he has done a a wine tasting event, um, which is usually at Marta, um, in uh, a restaurant, um, in New York. I'm in. um, (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Uh, and I, I, uh, I believe, I don't remember, I don't want to speak out of turn here. I just can't remember what I've seen posted or what I've seen, like posted in Slack or on our (laughs) Facebook page. But, uh, but anyway. Uh, that's like, that's, uh, I believe is, is in the process of being rescheduled to the April, um, events, uh, you know, like between, you know, that, that, uh, April 20th through 23rd, if fish ends up getting Madison Square Garden for that run. Um, so you can look for that and yeah, there's, uh, 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 Pete Mason, who's uh, fan art. Um, those are not, those are not mockingbird, uh, events per se, but, um, but his, you know, his fan art shows, um, you know, a portion of those proceeds always go, um to us, which is just every time it's out of the graciousness of of you know of Pete to to do that. Cause that's certainly nothing structural there. He just keeps on, you know, he's uh and that's why we asked him to join the board because he's been one of our biggest uh, champions for a very, very like vocally for many years, uh, over and over and over again with no prodding at all. So yeah, we do have some some in-person stuff and there's gonna be some more virtual stuff as well. And um yeah, we were talking about it before, like just building community, I think is um you know is important and uh, fish fans have a lot in common uh, but also people who like really value helping to provide music education for children who wouldn't have access to it otherwise have a lot in common as well and then you combine those two and I think that just the commonalities start to really pile up at that point. so it's really nice to connect with people who are, you know who are passionate uh, about all of that stuff at
0: exactly. Time. yeah. I would imagine that there are people that are listening that would love to donate and would also, if available, you know, love to meet some other people who are doing the same thing that have the same interests. So those in person that, events great. are really cool. Yeah,
3: yeah. people can and create, oh, excuse me, they um can create their own events. We actually have some tips online if folks want to create a a fundraising event, a, a concert, do a beneficiary event for us. They can reach out and we can we can talk about it. But they can have their you know an event in their own community and work with musicians and artists and, and invite people and, and raise money for our foundation. So, um, you know, we're so open to different ways. So I joined, I think why they wanted me on the board is because I, I said, I want to join the fundraising committee because <laughs> people don't usually, <laughs> people don't usually want to do that, but you know, with, with, I, 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 do like, I do like fundraising and strategizing around that. Um, and so, yeah, it's just so great to have, um, like, everyone contribute in their own way, you know, that people can say like, oh, I can, I can, I have portion of my proceeds for my art, you know, I can give in that way, I can create an event, I can just give directly, you know, I can partner, I can, you know, we also invite people to to volunteer on our committees, and um, if they want to support our work in that way. So there's so many different ways people can be involved and in to be part of this community. And it is, that's what I, I love about it, because it, it's, it's such a great community of people where I felt like, oh, I just right away, I, I like felt like I fit in and I could contribute. And everyone's really respectful and kind and, and cares about music education and music and, and people. And so it's, it's, it's contributing to the cause, but also being part of a great group of people.
2: <laughs> what she said. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners before you head out and enjoy the rest of your day?
2: I would just say thank you for, uh, for what you do. I mean, I, you know, as, as the host of a couple of podcasts, I know how much work it is. And, uh, in particular, the message that, um, you know, that you both individually and collectively, you know, put out into the world, um, I think is, uh, is important. And, um, and needs to be heard, and uh, the fact that you've got the well, you've created the platform. It wasn't handed to you, but the fact that you're doing something with it. Uh, when at times, just on a human level, if I may speak for each of you, it's like it's e- it'd be easier not to, right? To just like put it on hold, whatever, and you keep showing up and you keep on spreading that word. And um, and I think that's uh, that's really important, and we need more people uh, like you out there. So thank you for what you do.
0: Thank
1: you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but
3: yes, what he said, and you know, just getting to know you both more, you're both really inspiring women that are empowering people in so many different ways through music and dance and in this podcast. And so thanks for, for all the work that you're doing and being receptive to having us uh, on your podcast today and share what we're up to. We really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, it's such a pleasure to have you both on and to get to know you better and to learn like the impact that the Mockingbird Foundation is having on the world because it's so big and I'm just so grateful for you and the work that you both do.
0: Yeah. Thank, thank you. you so much. I know that there are a lot of people that are going to be listening that have learned a lot and are inspired, hopefully, to continue, you know, the giving and the reaching of the communities that really need need the support because, you know, we need to help to foster the new generation of of musicians and we all know how important this is thank you guys so much for coming on we really appreciate all that you do on the board of the mockingbird foundation and also out in your lives in general and i hope to get to see you at a show in real life sometime soon that'd be fun yes.
1: thank you so much thank you, you too. Yeah. all right everyone we'll be right back
0: and we are back that was so fun.
1: I know. And I'm so inspired. I think I see this like every time when we come back after interviewing someone, I'm like, I'm so inspired because we have the most inspiring guests that all like do such cool things. And Mockingbird was no exception to that. Drew and Leora, like, wow, they are amazing people. And I'm so grateful that they like donate so much of their time and energy to this cause. Wow. Even just spending Mm -hmm. time with us talking about it today, like They could be doing so many things and that's what they chose to do with their time.
0: Yeah, I know. And I feel like they are just a representation of the larger board, which is, you know, continuing Mockingbird Foundation. And I love like it really sounds like as they were describing it, that it's like this entity that is its own entity. And the way that they're doing it is really finding players as you know as an individuals that like fill the needs of the entity and as they do that and you know maybe somebody stays on for 20 years or maybe somebody's on for a couple of years however long they can give that time and energy to but it's like it just keeps it going and going and going and going and then it it allows all of these like all of the impact that they're having. Like they have distributed over $1.6 million to support music education for children in all 50 states, which is so incredible.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of music that is happening that otherwise wouldn't have happened. So it's like, it's so insane of how if you have a little bit uh, or a lot of extra abundance in your life that you're able to like, Give to a cause to this. I mean, a lot of you listening have the abundance to buy a ticket to fish. So if you don't, if every single person, I talked about this in the episode, but if every single person mm-hmm. that goes to the fish show donates $1 a month, like I don't know that you would even miss $1 a month if you're able to afford a fish ticket. That's gonna, like, I don't know how many people are at shows, like 10, 20,000. That's a, a substantial amount of money that they would be getting um, every mm-hmm. month. And that makes, like, such a huge impact on these like tiny communities and and the individual person Mm -hmm. because imagine the next tray could be out there and doesn't have access to a guitar and then all of a sudden because of this has access to a guitar and then has it in his hand and all of a sudden now we get treated to lifetime of amazing music
0: Mm -hmm. yeah well speaking of let's talk about some of the benefits of having some arts education in the schools for the...
2: Did you know?
0: So two of the things that can be enhanced through arts education in the schools are self-esteem and self-expression, which for kids is so important because if you can kind of turn your brains back to the times where you were young or... You know, we talked a lot about middle school kids in the interview, and like middle school is so challenging. And you're in this like transition from being a kid to, you know, being an adolescent, and you have all of these hormones. So your body's like doing all these crazy things, and which is making your mind do all of these crazy things. And self esteem can be definitely negatively impacted during that time, not to mention, the importance of emotional expression which you know that's really what self expression is about it's allowing oneself to be able to express the emotions but also to be able to like find out what what you like and what you align with so part of that is you know comes with mastering skills learning new ways to express themselves to gain confidence and perseverance, which is such an important trait in life. And all of these things help kids come up with positive emotional responses to stressful situations, which is also so important because stress is something that they are not going to be able to get away from in life. And the sooner they can learn ways to be able to manage that stress in healthy ways, the better.
1: Yeah. So even if the person isn't like even if the person's not the next tray out there, it's still if they pick up an instrument and play it just until they're done with school, it's going to have a positive impact on on their whole lives. Like maybe they only play till fifth grade or they graduate high school. It's still going to help them with all of those things that you said. So It doesn't matter if like this person picks up the instrument and they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, I found my calling and I'm going to be a professional musician or this thing is really cool and is helping me with my self-esteem and react to stress and is like helping in that way. So like it just has such a big impact in in like a broad spectrum of ways. Yeah. And so if you want to be able to help this and and. Bring even more instruments into people's hands. You can for my section.
2: Daily Jam.
1: I want you to head on over to mbird.org. And if this is available to you and click the Donate Now button and choose any amount from $1 to $1 million. And you could also choose that it happens every month. So think about an amount that maybe you wouldn't notice is missing and pick that amount and donate it and change people's lives. Put musical instruments in people's hands. So that is The Daily Jam.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then let us know that you have done that to inspire others to do that. You can go to our Facebook Group at Group Therapy Podcast Community on Facebook, and we'll start a little thread about this uh, daily jam here in this episode so that you can say, Yes, I just donated $1 or $10 or $20 or whatever it is. Really, it can be any amount. And then just by you posting that you did that, it will inspire other people to do that too. And honestly, I know that you have so much going on in your life. So, like, just going to the website and donating the money is taking time out of your your precious time and then thinking about, oh my gosh, I have to go to Facebook and I'll say that I did that. That's a lot. I totally get that. But it could make such a positive difference. So this could be like part of your self-care for today. You are, you know, uh, participating in that giving and receiving cycle, which even when we give we have the opportunity to receive the magic and the medicine from that so it can actually help to enhance your day okay. by doing that too
1: yeah you'll get that that sweet sweet helpers high
0: <laughs> yes and then you can help somebody else get that too by your inspiration
1: yeah making the world a better place
0: yes yes and we we all can do our little part in that right now and move it in a positive direction. Yeah. Well, while you are on Facebook, then definitely join our Facebook community if you're there. You can also follow us on Instagram at Groove Therapy Podcast. And of course, follow us on all of the places that you get your podcasts, whether that's Apple Pod or Spotify or wherever you're listening to us right now. Just make sure you click that yeah. follow button. We are everywhere.
1: And Leah, if someone is like obsessed with you and what you're up to, how can they connect with you and what are you up to?
0: Yeah, well, I have something pretty exciting that's happening. I am going to be doing embodied groove, which is created live in the moment with live music, but it really is a movement class. So it's an opportunity for you to warm up your beautiful bodies to allow the music to flow through you. And I'm going to be doing that on a regular basis at Cornerstone in Berkeley before the left-handed Monkey Wrench Gang goes on. They are a Grateful Dead cover band and they are amazing. And uh, Peter Sawyer is the one that's in charge of this. So he's the guitarist, but he has this rotating cast of musicians like this month, Ezra Lip and Reed Mathis are going to be two of the people that are helping out. So it's a It's a lot of fun, great music. It's happening in Berkeley, California on the second to the last Sunday at like 7.30 or 8 o'clock in the evening. And Embodied Groove is going to be starting the night off. So if you're local to the area, I would love for you to come out for that. And you can find out more about that and when those live events are happening at embodiedgroove.com.
1: Amazing. Everyone do that now. Yay. (laughs)
0: And how about you, Tara Lee? How can people find out more about you and what you have going on?
1: Yeah, well, so my company is called Rocking Life, and it's all about being what you want to be so you can feel full and expressed and just like happy and excited every day. Um, Of course not all day, every day, but to feel that at least a little bit every day. So you can just like step into your true authentic self. And so I share all about that on my Instagram. And that is at rocking life with two underscores. And when you're there, you'll see lots of opportunities to be able to work with me and take our relationships to the next level. If that's something you're feeling, maybe you want to come with me to Costa Rica, or maybe you are a multi-passionate entrepreneur that wants to or not an entrepreneur yet, but you want to like have your dream realized of maybe starting a business and what that would look like. So all of that information is there. So check it out at rocking life with two underscores. And you can just send me a DM and say, Hey, I want to know more about this thing. Or I heard you on group therapy and I just want to say, hi, I would love to connect with you deeper. Yeah.
0: Carly is an amazing person and she is offering her services to you to take advantage of it. Yeah. And if
1: you like laughs and dancing, you'll like my Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Very inspiring.
0: (laughs) Thank
1: you. Well, we are a part of the Osiris Podcast Network. There's amazing podcasts out there. If you like music, there's something for everyone. Osirispod.com. Yep. So take a look at all of those. And I think that's all the things. Yeah, that's all the things. So you are free to now enjoy the rest of your day without just listening to us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks so much for being here with us today. We love you so much. Bye, everybody. Bye.